0: Hey guys, Ben here, and we are in day number 27 in the Bible in Six podcast. So, at the very beginning, we kind of get into this a little bit long, a little bit drawn out, a little bit repetitive chapter 7, where it's documenting the sacrifices that each of the tribes give at the consecration of the tabernacle and the reason this is important i know it's a monotonous list it's kind of one of those files that you have to have in your filing cabinet uh, whether you're a family or an organization is like okay all of these people you know locked themselves in this is kind of the locking in of being there on dedication day and so you want to make sure that your tribe is represented there and uh, it's just a really important thing it may seem a little monotonous to us but it made sure that these people were in the right place at the right time. Now, moving into um, chapter 8, they talk about the cleansing of the Levites, the consecration of them, just some things about how they're going to be prepared for their duty. And then moving into chapter 10, it was just a really interesting, um, this is the the Passover celebrated the first time since it was celebrated in in Egypt itself. And um, this is a This is a really interesting thing. So Passover is one of the huge festivals, the huge feast, something that we, you know, technically as Christians today, we still celebrate it. We just call it Easter. uh, Although we do a few different things. I think one of the things that I'm exploring personally in my family is celebrating Easter as Passover. So looking at some of the traditional but biblical ways of celebrating this feast and doing it over the course of the Easter weekend, which is simultaneous with Passover weekend. But one of the things in chapter nine that I found That was really interesting was that there's a few people that come to Moses and like hey so uh, we touched something dead or we traveled a long way and it essentially has made us unclean and we're not able to participate in the Passover and the first thing I think of when I read this is these these are people who have been made unclean by noble purposes my guess is a a person in their family had died and they had gone through the preparation process of burying that person or they just went on a journey to make sure that they could be there and so Moses says he's going to go talk to God and he says that they shall keep the Passover still even though that they're unclean they still get to keep the Passover. And that just shows me how huge these moments are for God and how um, how much he desires his people to participate in it. So that was just really uh, interesting to me and super helpful to realize that like, okay, you know what, just like make sure people get to participate um, participate in it. Um, moving on to, to chapter 10, we have this, um, is talking about probably the, the last thing i'll say here is um in the very last verse of chapter 10 uh last two verses chapter 35 or verse 35 36 it says this whenever the ark is set out so essentially it's talking documenting when uh this is the first time that the people of israel leave sinai and there's some instructions of what to do when you get places and when you leave places and whenever the ark is set out so whenever it's picked up it's usually going to be in the morning when god says all right we're moving moses says arise O lord and let your enemies be scattered and let those who hate you flee before you and when it rested, so when they got to where they needed to go, he said, return, O Lord, to the 10,000 thousands of Israel. And I just thought of this, in verse 35, this arise, O Lord. This to me was just a prayer that I want to commit to pray every morning when I wake up. Arise, O Lord, as I rise up. And let your enemies be scattered before you as I go, uh, as you lead me throughout my day. And let those who hate you flee before you as I go about my day. That that may not mean that uh, there may be things that God intends for me to experience that involve these kinds of things. But uh, just to declare to him that he is in control again over and over and over moving into chapter 11 and 12 we have one of the first kind of complaints in a while from the people of israel and and they're just in an uncomfortable situation they've been started to move around the desert and don't really have a great trajectory on on their life and times, um, but they're trying to figure it out. And so uh, the first complaint comes, and and it's kind of defined by this one statement in chapter 11, verse 5, where it says, we remember the fish we ate in Egypt. And basically, this is them describing the good life that they had outside of God's presence. Now, they have a different kind of life. They have different things at their fingertips, but they also have God's presence at their fingertips. And they're essentially like raising one up a little bit higher than the other. There. And this is really unfortunate for them, uh, but it's just one thing that we have to consider. Is like, okay, well, yeah, there's some good things perceivably outside of God's vision and direction of my life, but is God's presence? more important to me, more valuable to me. And those are the kinds of decisions that we need to make. Um, Later on, a very interesting, another just really interesting thing. These things are just coming out of numbers that are just rocking my world. And in chapter 11, verse 17, uh, God's talking about Moses gathering some elders to help him bear the burden. And it says, I will come down and talk with you there. This is God speaking. And I will take some of the spirit that's on you and put it on them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you so that you may not bear it alone yourself. And just like what a weird, awesome moment of God's like, yeah, I have poured my poured my spirit in you. I've given you power and discernment and all these kinds of things. And I'm actually going to share it. I'm going to take. I'm not just going to take some of the burden, but I'm also going to take some of the empowering and put it on these people too. And that's something that we have to remember. When God gives us burden for His name, He also gives us power, unless we are out of position. But these guys were in position, and one of the the outworkings of it is that they became. They became. Uh, they began to prophesy immediately, but there's a key note at the end. They didn't continue to do it. This was just an initial, um, um, basically an initial product of that filling of the spirit, um, but it didn't continue for them. And so, again, moving on, we're getting a little bit long here, but uh, like uh, like it says a little bit later. Um, Moses is kind of reflecting on the situation. This is just super important. I'm just going to keep talking and stop apologizing. But this is super, super important, guys. Chapter 11, verse 29 and 30. But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit on them. And Moses and the elders of Israel returned the camp so essentially joshua's kind of of rebukes him a little bit not really in the right situation but are those words not familiar to to you i i I, it came immediately in my head when i wrote it read it i was like oh man this is something paul says like super similar and so if you turn in your bible to uh first corinthians 14 um really interesting thing happens where paul says the exact same thing so 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. These are words spoken by Moses all the way back in book number four of the Bible. These ties are super important and super strong for us to make. Now, the last kind of thing I'm going to say in chapter 12. So this is kind of uh, one of the first times that not just a people, the people of Israel start to complain and get frustrated. Uh, Aaron and Miriam, his wife, oppose Moses uh, for some reasons, and here's the thing: they're not really in a great space, um, and and kind of God and and the words of this book kind of affirm Moses. He's, he's very meek, more than anybody on the face of the earth. This is a real reputation thing. It makes me wonder, okay, what am I known for? I might not be known as the best at something in the whole world, but Moses obviously has this reputation that kind of speaks for himself. And um, basically going going on, sorry about that, going on one of the cool things that it says that God speaks about um, to about Moses is that with him in in verse eight twelve verse eight with him I speak, speak mouth to mouth clearly, not in riddles, and he beholds the form of the Lord. Unlike other people that God speaks through visions and dreams, we all can experience that from God, uh, but they're kind of like riddles, or, or they're difficult um, to understand. With Moses, he speaks clearly, and so one of the things we have to realize and remember is that, that God does speak to us, and sometimes it's not easy to understand. That's why we need help. We need to ask him. We need to ask people who are very uh, wise, have been talking to God for a long time, and go to our scriptures to see if God has said this thing to other people before, but essentially God defends Moses by his relationship with Moses and God will defend me and he will defend you by his relationship with me and you. And so pursue right relationship with God, create by his spirit, a reputation uh, that can be upholded in um, difficult circumstances. Um, desire prophecy by the Lord, um, but not to be driven by it and just long for his presence. Be a person who cares more about the presence of God than the things of the world. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and I'll talk to you tomorrow about some more numbers.